Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. I'm starting a new sermon series today called... Well, it went too far. Go back. Boo! Boo. What we know about the supernatural. Leviticus chapter 19, if you have your Bibles. And I want to deal with, over the next three weeks, I'll tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to preach about ghosts today, demons and supernatural activity next week, and spiritual warfare the next Are ghosts and the paranormal real? Christians have a very misguided theology when it comes to this idea of ghosts. And so today I want to preach on this subject. Um, What's happening? What's going on, guys? Give me back my title screen. There we go. I, uh, I want to preach on this subject, Ghostbusters. What do we know about ghosts? Well, When we talk about ghosts, we almost take it for granted, right? Even Christians, even Christians, we hear stories about ghosts and we don't even bat an eye. For example, we we see news stories like this and we take them as real. And what is it doing there? A family in Highland, Michigan believes their house is actually haunted and thinks something is harming their little girl. 7 Action News reporter Alan Campbell went to the home to see for himself. It happened here in this room as 15-month-old Lily was inside her bed. Caught on camera, something walks in front of her crib, catching Lily's attention. Whatever it is, the family says it needs to go. It's almost like she sees something that we don't. It's an image Heather and Josh say is haunting their home. It was uh, chilling. It was literally a chill down your spine, like, like that what-if factor. Like, is this what I just saw? Caught on the couple's nanny cam video a few weeks ago, what appears to be something moving in front of the baby crib. I freaked out. I stopped what I was doing, and I ran upstairs, and I grabbed my daughter. Heather says this so-called ghost scratched her daughter, Lily, and attacked her, too. It scares us that it could do something else. I mean, there was even a morning that I woke up and I had felt like something was around my, like someone's hands were around my neck. A team of paranormal investigators came in and tried answering some of the couple's questions and concerns. Josh's father, Jim, says it may be someone who lived in this house before. The story that I was told was the gentleman that lived here originally um, committed suicide, apparently, by jumping out this window. Uh, which is, of course, one full story down. The couple says they don't know why this so-called ghost is targeting them, but say they don't want any part of it. It's not physically just going after her. It feels like it's going after myself, too. I couldn't get an explanation out of it, you know. So it's it's freaky, (laughs) is what it is. For now, Heather and Josh say they will stay inside this place with Lily until they're able to save up enough money and move out. Reporting in Highland Township, I'm Alan Campbell, 7 Action News. So we see stories like that, and Christians automatically, even 
people in the church began to think, well, stories must be true. I did a little follow-up on that story, and a so-called paranormal expert examined the video a little more in detail and found a multiplicity of evidence that proved it may not be what we thought. For example, the ghost was casting a shadow, which ghosts obviously don't do. And the quality and the make of the camera lend itself to having those images in the background. A blur created by that type camera at night was already in the camera reviews. And if you'd seen the full-length video, the image actually walked from the hallway into the room and out of the hallway And furthermore, it may not exactly be what you think it is because they immediately started a GoFundMe account so they could buy a new house. They also needed a cleaner, but they were going to try to buy a new house. But we're programmed. We're programmed in our society to accept this kind of story and the theology of ghosts then works its way into our Christian thinking and beliefs. Here's what uh, most people believe about ghosts. Half of Americans swear they've encountered a ghost from the great beyond, leading many to believe their homes are haunted too. Half of Americans say they've encountered a ghost. 50, according to a recent survey of 2,000 people, 21 and over, 63% believe in the paranormal in some form, I'll tell you what all that means in just a minute. 56 believe some people can see and predict the future, while 51% think some people can read minds. And more than a quarter, 29% have sought the guidance of a, of, of a psychic reading. Of a, that's, that's almost a third of Americans have sought the guidance of a psychic Not only that, we find out that Americans believe this. What Americans believe in? 57% believe in ghosts. 39% believe in visitors from another planet. And 27% believe in Bigfoot. (laughs) Let's put it all in perspective. Um, One in three have felt an unexplained presence in their home. And 49% have felt the presence of a ghost at some point in their lives. 50% percent of Americans say they felt the presence of a ghost. And when you read those stats, you, you understand that that includes a lot of American Christians. That includes a lot of North Georgia Christians. And it probably even includes some Peavine Christians. Where do you stand on ghosts? Should we believe? Should we fear? Should we encourage? Ghost stories have been around for ages and some, uh, like Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, have become fixtures in modern culture. But in the last 30 years or so, we've seen a proliferation of the abundance of movies that deal with ghosts. You just go back, at least to my generation, you have movies we love like Field of Dreams and the movie Ghost and The Sixth Sense that use spirits to drive the plots. Now you have none non-fiction shows like ghost hunters that are attempting to investigate the claims of ghosts using infrared cameras and other devices. So it's all around us. How should we respond? Well, here's what I want to do today. I'm almost going to do a Bible study. I'm going to do a Bible study on this theology of ghosts and what we learn about it from the Bible. Leviticus chapter 19. You, you may see that. I'm going to read one verse and I'm going to put it on the screen. And I'm I'm reading it today out of the New Living Translation. It, it, it said it a little better than I, I want to say it. He said, Leviticus 19, do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums 
or to those who consult the spirits of the dead, I am the Lord your God. Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or those who consult the spirits of the dead. I'm your Lord. A direct command from God for us not to engage the paranormal. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you three statements about ghosts and I want to give you four on the fourth point. I want to give you the dangers of engaging the paranormal. Number one, I want to tell you this. Number one, the culture is wrong about ghosts. The culture is wrong about ghosts. There are all sorts of things that fall into this category of the paranormal. They want us to believe in these things. And by the way, the Bible would say not only are these things wrong, it's wrong to even believe and engage these activities. So when we start talking about the paranormal or ghosts, ghosts are part of this world called the paranormal world, and we, we have to uh, really, really investigate all of the paranormal world. Well, what's included in the paranormal world? Well, I couldn't give you everything, but I want to give you some things. For example, occultism is part of the paranormal world. The word occult comes from the Latin word occultus and literally means hidden or secret or concealed the term refers to hidden or secret knowledge to which it is uh, to that which is beyond the range of ordinary human knowledge to mysterious or concealed phenomena inexplainable events the term is frequently used in references to certain practices occultic arts including divination contact with the dead fortune telling necromancy and magic Occultism takes many forms, but we see it in trances, seances, clairvoyance, telepathy, spiritism, handwriting, automatic handwriting, peering into crystals, levitation, and even out-of-body experiences. All of which, the reason I'm putting this on the screen, is permeates our culture. We see it in movies all the time. We see it in television shows all the time, and it's part of the occult. Another word you need to know, and I'm going to give you five or six, is the word divination. That's an attempt to foresee or foretell future events. It was mentioned in the Bible uh, many times, and psychics continue to practice it today. It can be in this form, hang with me, astrology. Crystal reading, palm reading, fortune telling, or necromancy, contact with the dead. Any attempt to foretell the future. Not only that, there are psychic claims to be sensitive to the paranormal and often claim to have powers in telepathy. That's receiving or sending thoughts to the deceased or precognition. That's knowing the future or clairvoyance, seeing something beyond natural means. There are those who claim to have special powers with the dead and with ghosts. Psychics are some of those. Then there are, there, there are mediums. A medium is a go-between from the dead and the spirit world and the living. And they, they, they put themselves in a juxtaposition between who they say is in the, the dead, the deceased, and the spirit world, and those are the living. And often people try to contact a deceased relative through a medium. And then there is a channeler, which to me is more frightening. And a channeler is someone that lets the spirit of the departed take over their body and they invite a departed spirit to take over their body which couldn't be more dangerous and then there is what's called spiritism which is the general belief that there's a spirit world of the dead they can be contacted by the living by the way this is the oldest false religion in the world 
Every known civilization has practiced spiritism to some degree in trying to contact the dead. Let me give you some more. There are spirit gods. That is psychic. A psychic claims that every person has a spirit God that can give them wisdom from the other side. So we're not talking about a guardian angel here. We're talking about a spirit God that wants to speak to you, which leads into things like a seance where a group of people meet and try and contact the dead through a medium. All of those are are dangerous words of the occult that have to do with this idea of ghosts. Now, since I'm using the word ghost, let me define it. A ghost is a Allegedly, a non-corporeal, non-material, phantom-like manifestation of a dead person. It is supposedly the spirit, soul, specter, or astral body of a person who has not yet entered the other side, but instead has remained on earth after death. Sometimes the ghost is semi-transparent, shadowy, or foggy. Parapsychologists often call this fog-like substance ectoplasm. And so, the reason I have to put the definition of a ghost is because we're going to look at what the Bible says in a moment, but you need to see that phrase. A ghost is someone who has not yet entered the other side, but has stayed on earth after death. There's one more worth knowing. It's a poltergeist. A poltergeist is basically a noisy ghost. That's all it is. Trying to get your attention of someone on earth. You don't see them, but you see the evidence of them making noise or moving objects. And the reason I show you that about poltergeist is there's whole movies made about that. And also you see that paranormal activity in media all the time. So all of that, all of that, I just educated you more than you want to be educated. But all of that coming from ghosts, the occultic, the paranormal world. And while most people consider it harmless, it is anything but harmless. It is a, it is a religion. A religion built on a culture of denying the Bible and denying the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for a Christian, the problem with these kind of beliefs is that they are a hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Almost always associated with these beliefs are beliefs that the spirit of the departed person has somehow has to earn their way into the afterlife. So you die. Your ghost remains on earth because you have unfulfilled business. And so while you're a ghost, you have to do certain things and earn your way into salvation. Earn your way into heaven. Earn your way into the next life. It is a works-based salvation in the immaterial world. And it conflicts directly with the gospel. And hear me, it pulls people away from Jesus. And all that's what the world wants us to believe about ghosts. It's what they believe about ghosts. More than 50% of Americans think they've had contact with the ghost. Half of Americans think they've seen a ghost in their house. You say, preacher, is anything wrong with that? Yes, there is. Because when we believe like they do before long, we start living like they do. So what does the Bible say? Well, second thing I want to point out this morning is the Bible does mention ghosts, just not what you think. There, there are at least three instances where the Bible mentions ghosts. Can we, can we look at those 
this morning briefly? Number one, the Bible mentions the Holy Ghost. Now, that's what we grew up saying in, in churches I grew up in, because the King James Version translates the word Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Uh, for example, John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will send, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. And so people have taken that phrase, Holy Ghost, in the King James translation, maybe in one or two others, and they think part of the Godhead is a literal ghost. Is part of the Godhead a literal ghost? Well, of course it's not a literal ghost. The Greek word in, uh, that's translated ghost is the word pneumeia, which simply means breath or spirit. Most translations of the Bible cr- translate it correctly as spirit. And in your Bible, you probably see it translated as the Holy Spirit. So if you look in the King James, which most of us grew up on, it'll say the Holy Ghost throughout. You look at a different translation, it'll say Holy Spirit. Why? It is the Holy breath of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is not a Holy Ghost. He's not God, God who died and is still wandering the earth trying to figure things out. He is the Holy Spirit. Nothing wrong with the Holy Ghost. I don't mind you saying Holy Ghost. I'll say Holy Ghost all the time. Just understand the word ghost means spirit, not immaterial being who's died in roaming the planet. Well, people often point to this. What about the witch at Endor? We, we won't turn there and, and read, but there in 1 Samuel chapter 28, a disobedient King Saul demanded that a medium, he went to a medium, which was totally forbidden by God, and he demanded that the medium resurrect the ghost of Saul so he could get advice, or resurrect the ghost of Samuel so he could get advice from him. He was living, Saul, King Saul was living in such wickedness. The reason he needed advice from Samuel is that God refused to speak to Saul because of his sin. Saul had murdered the priest, and so the priesthood had cut Saul off. He had been cut off by the prophets because of his sin, and the prophets wouldn't speak to them. So he can't get a word from God. He can't get a word from the priest. He can't get a word from the prophets. So he turns to the devil, and he goes to a witch, a forbidden witch, by the way, and demands that she raise Samuel from the dead. And by the way, as far as we know, it happens. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 28 that Samuel is raised from the dead. And here's what it says, a spirit came from the ground. And Samuel got up. And pronounced doom and death on Saul and went back. By the way, you say, you really believe it happened? I do. Most commentators think it happens. And uh, the witch obviously believed the medium because she was terrified. She had never done it before. She claimed to do it for a living and had never done it before. You say, well, should that be done today? No. Let me tell you, let me tell you a few things about the witch at Endor. Number one, it's the only time in Scripture it ever happened. We never see somebody coming back. Number two, the witch did not raise Samuel. God sent Samuel to Saul to deliver a message. She was just the mere instrument. It had been clearly forbidden by God. That's when Samuel said, God said this to Samuel. God said, all right, you want to talk to, you want to, talk to Samuel, Saul? I'll send him back and listen to what he's going to say. And Samuel came back and pronounced doom and death on Saul, and Saul wished he hadn't have done it. And by the way, Samuel's spirit was not roaming the earth. 
Samuel was sent from heaven with a word from God and then went back to heaven. It was not a ghost that had been roaming the ground. It was a spirit that God supernaturally sent back in order to pronounce doom on Saul. And finally, we see this last phrase in the Bible, when Jesus was walking on water, Matthew 14, 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. Now, the word ghost there is interesting because it's not the same word ghost as we see Holy Ghost. It is the Greek word phantasma. And P-H-A-N-T-A-S-M-A. It's an apparition, a ghost, a supernatural being that has become uh, 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 visible, not material. They thought Jesus was a ghost in the literal term of where we see ghosts. This is our definition of ghost, but keep in mind, it wasn't a ghost. This was not a theological statement. It was a scared fisherman about to die who's crying out in fear. There was no theology to be gained from them thinking Jesus was a ghost. The Bible does not, does not use the word, does, does use the word in, in a couple of instances, but make no allowance for ghosts the way the movies portray them and we believe in them. Many people believe in them today. Third thing I want to tell you about ghosts this morning is this. God is clearly, clearly, clearly warns against engaging paranormal activity. Barna published the results of a nationwide study involving more than 4,000 teenagers. They discovered that 73% of the youth surveyed had engaged in at least one type of psychic or witchcraft-related activity beyond just mere media exposure or horoscope usage, 73%. 10% had participated in seances. 9% had visited a medium or a spiritual guide. So we see this this huge amount of youth that engaged in, in this paranormal occultic activity. Does the Bible tell us to stay away from this type thing? Let me read two verses for you. Number one, we've already read it. Leviticus 19.31. Do not turn to mediums or consult spirits. You'll be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Look at Deuteronomy 18. He said, no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or spiritist, or inquire of the dead. And by the way, one of the, Wiccan is one of the fastest growing religions still in the world today. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you're about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. God clearly, clearly warns against engaging paranormal activity. The things we dabble in are directly commanded by God for us to stay away from. There is absolutely no wiggle room. So any activity to do with ghosts or the occult should be avoided at all costs. Things like the psychics, fortune telling, mediums, seances, witchcrafts. 
Now listen, I'm not saying you can't go to a haunted house. I'm not. I'm not saying your kids can't go trick-or-treating. Don't care, don't care. That's not, in my opinion, engaging paranormal activity. That's a preference between you and the Lord. And I know some come down on both sides of that. And I'm fine whatever side you may come down on. We can find liberty in some of those areas. But direct engagement with the occult is 100% wrong. When you're trying to engage, and here's what the whole principle was about. If you're trying to engage with the dead, with the deceased, or with a ghost, the Bible says to stay away. So number four, I want to give you four reasons. What are the dangers, dangers of engaging with ghosts? in the spirit world. First of all is this, it, defi- it denies a definitive afterlife. So if you, when you believe in ghosts, here's what you believe, that the dead somehow got trapped on earth and they've not gone on to their final reward. Well, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say that. Nowhere is that in scripture. That there's this limbo state that you can walk away from. As a matter of fact, the Bible would say the opposite. Here's what Paul said about the believers. In fact, we're confident we would, uh, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Paul told us that the minute you leave this body, you're immediately, if you're a child of God, in the presence of the Lord. What if you don't know Jesus? Well, we find it in Luke 16. I read it last week. One day the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side, right? So immediately he died, trust in Jesus, goes to heaven. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Here's what Jesus would say. You die, you go to heaven if you know Jesus. You don't know Jesus, you die and you go to hell. There is no in between. You, you die, you, you, you're saved, you immediately go to heaven. You're not saved, you immediately go to hell. And so when, when, you, when you believe in ghosts, it gives you some hope of something other than heaven or hell. That somehow we can have another existence on earth apart from God. So who knows, immediately after you die, you could wander earth for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years until you had earned your way or scratched that itch or done that thing that you didn't get to do on earth. When you believe in that, it denies a definitive afterlife. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. Now you don't, you don't live in an immaterial state on earth no one does no one does there is no such thing as a ghost where somebody dies and their spirit stays on earth you die and if you know Jesus you're immediately in his presence if you die and if you don't know Jesus you're immediately in hell and there is nothing in between Believing in ghosts is dangerous because it denies a definitive afterlife. Number two, it's dangerous because it denies the gospel. If a ghost has to work its way to the light, which by the way is what a, what a spiritist or medium teaches, that the reason a ghost is still on earth is they're having to work and earn their way to the light that they can't quite get to. But if a ghost is having to work its way to the light, then hear me. It isn't about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that we just sung about a minute ago. If, I, if I'm going to work my way to the light, 
Why do I care about what I do on earth? I'll just wait until I die and I'll eventually work my way there. No, a belief in ghosts is a denial of the gospel of Jesus. Number three, it's disobedience to God. God has explicitly commanded to stay away. And if we engage in that world, then we hinder and hurt our relationship with him. There's no two ways about it. And finally, number four, it opens you up for demonic activity. Can I tell you there's some things we need to be wary of and it's not ghost? I'm preaching about it next week. There is a spirit world that we battle. And that battle we're waging daily and most of us are not even aware Next week, I'm going to dive into that, but I just want you to know demonic activity is real. The Bible explicitly says it's real. And when a, when a medium tries to become a channeler and she invites or he invites a spirit to inhabit her body, and you say, well, I've seen supernatural activity with that. I don't doubt it whatsoever. But it was probably demonic activity. And much of what is being interpreted as ghost and paranormal activity may just be demonic activity. And we should stay far, far, far away. Would you stand with me across the room? How many of you remember this? looked in on how many of you remember that movie and loved it you like me remember that movie later right that's the theology of ghosts it's did you know that ghostbusters adjusted for inflation would be the 32nd highest grossing movie of all time in the middle of the film's release to keep interest going ivan Rettman ran a trailer that was basically the commercial for ghostbusters used in the movie but the 555 number which is hollywood's dead number was replaced with a 1-800 number that allowed people to call in and report paranormal activity. When they called in, you got a message from Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd that said, we're out catching ghosts right now. 
and the call the phone number got a thousand calls an hour for 24 hours a day for weeks and weeks and weeks a thousand calls an hour people reporting paranormal activity so where we live in and can i tell you as christians we just kind of step into that world assume it's real talk about ghosts see ghosts hear ghosts play around with ghosts and it is a dangerous environment for christians to engage at all people do believe in ghosts but christians ought to believe in jesus can i tell you you're not going to find grandma in the spirit world giving you advice Insert whatever relative you think. You want to see her again? The only chance you have is giving your heart and life to Jesus. Now, I'm the only preacher in America, in America, the only preacher in America who played Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters in my sermon today. America. Maybe the world. Maybe the world. Maybe the only one ever, as far as I know. I don't know. But there's no way for me to say, I'm not going to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? There's no such thing as ghosts. There's nothing to believe in. It is all meant to pour, pull you away from the gospel and to pull you away from Jesus. You say, well, preacher, I heard something go bump in the night. Come for next week's sermon. But it's not a ghost. You die and you go to heaven or you die and you go to hell. And what matters is, do you know Jesus? So I, I'm not going to give the invitation. If you believe in ghosts, come to the altar. We've all been guilty. Right? We've all hid under the covers as a 10-year-old boy. But there is a ghost, but he's the Holy Ghost and it's not what you think. And what he's doing this morning is drawing you to Jesus and telling you to give your heart and life to him. So would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes. The pastors are coming. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, you start by giving your heart and life to him. Maybe you need to join our church. Maybe you need to come for baptism. We've got a pastor down front on both sides of the church who'd love to walk you through any of those decisions you have to make. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you this morning. Maybe you feel burdened and oppressed. Come see a pastor. Maybe you're going to come pray yourself. But if you're putting your hope in the afterlife, in something other than Jesus, your hope is in the wrong, wrong thing. If you're watching us online, Pastor Corbin's got a word for you this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Hey, thank you, Pastor Joel, for that message. What a great application for this season as we move towards Halloween uh, to dive into what the Bible says about the spirit world and, and about the afterlife and, and all of the things that go into that. And I think it's important for us to hear that today, the dangers of engaging in paranormal activity. It's all around us and in culture, and uh, it's just good to be informed of what the Bible says about that. Can I tell you this, and Pastor Joel said it well this morning, there is one thing we know for sure about the afterlife. There is a heaven and there is a hell, and both are very real places. 
places that take place after this life. There, there's a spiritual aspect to that concept of heaven and hell. And can I tell you, the Bible's very clear. It's not good people that go to heaven and bad people that go to hell. It's saved people that go to heaven and lost people that go to hell. And so maybe this morning, listening to that message, it had you thinking about the afterlife. It had you thinking about the spiritual realm of things that you can't see. And maybe this morning, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, to make a home in you and in your heart so that you can live a life with certainty of knowing where you will spend your eternity one day. Church, can I tell you, that's the single most important thing that we could discuss this morning. What is going to happen to you when you die? You know, Pastor Joel likes to use the percentage analogy. Are you, are you 100% sure that you'll spend your eternity in heaven? Because look, maybe you're living in that 40%, 50%, 60% sure uh, that you'll go to heaven one day. And unfortunately, if that's where you lie, then there's doubt in your heart. There is room to believe that you will not spend eternity in heaven one day if you have an ounce of doubt this morning. And so we want to make sure we give you that opportunity today to put your faith and trust in Jesus. What better time than this morning, right where you are, than to put your faith and trust in Him. And so wherever you're watching this morning, if you feel like the, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of your sin and where you'll spend your eternity one day, then I, we'd love to give you that opportunity. And so maybe you're in a place where you can get alone just now, and I encourage you to do that and find a still quiet place wherever you're watching from. Can I tell you this morning, becoming a Christian is as simple as A, B, and C. A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. B, you've got to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, that you can't do enough good things to get into heaven. It is only by trusting in He and He alone. And C, you've got to confess your sin and commit your life to Him. And so if you'd like to do that this morning, you can do all of that in the form of a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's the intent of your heart to give your heart and life to Jesus today. Would you ask Him this morning? Just bow your head right where you are and pray, pray this or something like it. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. God, I admit that I have messed up. Lord, I need you. So God, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a home in heaven. Lord, I give my life to you. Jesus name. Hey, can I tell you this morning, if you prayed that prayer, then you are now in the family of God. And we're so excited for you and excited for you as you take your next steps on your faith journey. But hey, you do not want to take this journey alone. We would love the opportunity to walk you through some very important next steps that we think you need to take based on what the Bible says. And so we'd love to connect with you this morning. So if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you text I did, I-D-I-D, to the number 97,000? We're going to send you some information about what it means to be a Christian and what your next steps are. And so we'd love that opportunity to connect with you today. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here at Pivine Online this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm loving here in North Georgia as the, the colors and the leaves are changing and it's an exciting time to spend with family. So I pray you find those opportunities uh, today. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right here next Sunday at 930 and 11 a.m. We'll see you then. 
We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.